Time now for Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. An informative but laid-back approach to sports medicine on 1010XL. Yeah. Now, let's break some bones. Welcome to Breaking Bones. It's Championship Sunday right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Probably everyone getting up right now thinking about the AFC, the NFC Championship Games. And I'm going to tell you what, it is cold. It's cold right now. But welcome to Breaking Bones. We're going to try and warm up your morning. Hopefully you got a cup of Joe brewing. I'm Joe C. from XL Primetime. You can catch me noon to three weekdays on the Superstation and Dr. George Bari. What is up, Doc? Good morning, Joe. Listen, uh, what was that uh, temperature when you when you came walking in? Thir- <laughs> well, cold. It's cold. And by the way, I think people, A, they can't drive well in the rain on the first coast. We know that, right? But then also today, Doc, I'm driving and I'm on 295 East trying to get here. I might have been running just a little late. And people on a Sunday morning are trying to cut me off. <laughs> trying to cut me off almost drove me. Have you seen the um, the new lanes that they're going to have, the, the what, the Sun Pass? Yeah. Where they've got the uh, dividers yeah. uh-huh. up? Almost drove me into the dividers. Really? Not once, Doc, but twice. You know, I'm a little frosty right now. Every time I see you, you have a complaint about someone driving. And I, I do whine a lot. Is that It might be you. <laughs> it could be me. Uh, but I was thankful for this. Uh, like right afterwards, I mean, I flipped out because this was the second guy. First guy, I think, might have been looking at his phone. Mm-hmm. Okay, not a shock there. People, maybe he was trying to download our podcast. Maybe, but put your phones down, okay? You can download Breaking Bones wherever you listen to podcasts, but don't do it while you're driving, oh, I don't know, 75 miles an hour uh, <laughs> down 295. So that guy may have been looking at his phone. Anyway, I had to lay on the horn because he's coming into my lane, and I'm right up against the uh, dividers. And so anyway, I get him back in his lane. Lo and behold, here comes another guy in a minivan, old minivan, and also because- a family man. Right. Well, he didn't value his old minivan. <laughs> he just wanted to just like take over my lane. And so I'm flipping out at this point, and then I mash on the gas to get past him. Well, just so you guys know, Joe has a very fast car. <laughs> I, I do like, I do like uh, the horsepower. Uh, press, pressing the pedal. I do like that. But just ahead of me, the lights come on. From an unmarked police car, no. and he's getting somebody else. Oh. So I'm like, okay, at least at least it wasn't me. Yeah. All right, so let's get into a few things. First off, we're going to talk a little bit about the injuries uh, with the AFC and NFC Championship games today. Uh, if you guys want to hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, it's six four one ten ten. You can throw a question at us. Anything that's aching on your body, joint pain, injuries, shoulder, hip, knee, ankle, whatever it might be, uh, let us know. And Doc. We'll try and fire away at a few of those. Uh, let's get into a couple of the of the concerns today. And Trent Williams and Debo Samuel are two prized pieces of the puzzle for the San Francisco 49ers. They're a three-and-a-half-point underdog, Doc, to the L.A. Rams. And Trent Williams, a big man, I, I bet he goes 340-350. He is huge. Yeah. And he was seen walking on crutches after the game against the – uh, against the Green Bay Packers, and so he's got a leg injury. I guess it's the ankle is where I, they're I zero, the zeroing in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this is a guy, he's a, this is a tough guy. I remember back in 2020, he had this big injury where someone collapsed on his knee, mm-hmm. and they thought it was going to be season ending and maybe career ending, and he kind of came back from that. So he he went on the crutches last week. Yeah, didn't really talk to the press, and they're talking about him coming back and playing. But it's always worse when a big guy like that 
with that injury, the violent injury that we saw at the time with that with that ankle, and then he's on crutches, non-weight bearing you know, with a boot on. Makes you wonder what's going on. He didn't fracture anything if he's going to play, but how bad of a sprain does he have? High ankle sprain, a regular low ankle sprain, and how bad is this going to affect him? And we've seen some of these players in in these um in these playoff games right. with these injuries. I forget which one it was. He had an ankle injury. It was O lineman, and mm-hmm. you could see he was not planting it very well. He wasn't able to defend very well. Well, we go back to last week. It was Tristan Wirfs, yes. and they ended up he wasn't available to play, or they basically took it all the way to game time. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, Tom Brady is getting knocked around right. because he didn't have a right tackle at 100% the way he wanted. And then Josh Wells, which is a former Jaguar, had to come in from him. He ended up getting hurt too. That yeah. dude has been a backup tackle collecting checks. He's been robbing NFL teams. <laughs> He's been robbing NFL teams for a while because when he was finally pressed into duty, uh, Matt Hayes, who you well know from XL Primetime, he's on our our show thread, and he's like, I feel sorry for Josh Wells. I'm like, bro, he's been collecting checks for yeah, a long time. I feel sorry for him. Yeah, exactly. Go out there and block the guy in front <laughs> of you. Uh, but it's hard to block that uh, that Rams front, that's for sure. So Williams in on crutches, right ankle injury, and then Debo Samuel, he took a helmet to the knee. Yeah. And he's a guy that they are asking, the 49ers are, asking him to run the ball a lot. He set a new record for the most rushing touchdowns by a wide receiver in the NFL. And the reason I bring that up is because he's a wide receiver body. He is not a big physical running back that's going to go, oh, I don't know, six foot, 220. He's probably more in that 210-pound, maybe even 200-pound range. I'm going to look him up real quick. But a wear and tear on a wide receiver doing running back work is going to add up, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And, you know, the good thing is after the game – when he hurt himself, they mm-hmm. said that oh he's fine. I just celebrated with him. He's doing well. Although the reports are coming out that he's not putting he wasn't putting any weight on it and he right. was limping. Um, but you know it, it's definitely put wear and tear on your body. The playoffs it kind of skews things, right? So if you're injured and you can't play in the regular season, you might take a week off. Even though in football, you know now we got 17 games um, and each game is very important. But you might put someone out for a week so mm-hmm. you could preserve them for the season with the playoffs. A regular injury that you might be out for a week, you might play, right? right. Because that's it. It's, it's do or die. So yeah. th- there's no choice. So th- these people might be playing with worse injuries than normal, mm-hmm. right, than they would in the season. And they're out here playing in the playoffs. So it's interesting to see how he's going to play. He was in pain visibly after that first game. Oh, yeah. Although some you know, people were trying to go out there and say, oh, he's fine. He has no problem. But he definitely was in pain because he was limping on the sideline. 5'11", 216 pounds. So he's a little bit of a bigger wide receiver, but he is, like we said, having to do running back work, uh, which means guys are flying at him, big 300-pounders along that defensive line are flying at him. Um, but go to the needle, if you will, Doc, because this is something that we always talk about, and we always say it, and we don't really know what we're talking about. Oh, uh, Trent Williams, he was on crutches. He'll just take the needle, and he'll be fine. Take me there as far as how much that can mask the pain. Yeah. But if you're talking about an ankle and a big man needing to be stable to be able to take on another 300-pound guy coming right at him, is that a good idea? Yeah, so the needle, as in give him a lidocaine shot, give him a cortisone shot. Lidocaine is a numbing medicine we give. Cortisone is a steroid that reduces inflammation pain. The needle is good if it hurts, right, and it's inflamed. The needle's not good if you have instability. It's not going to make you stable. Mm-hmm. So if that ankle or knee or whatever it is is given out, that needle's not going to help. That needle only helps if you have an area that's hurting mm-hmm. because 
you have arthritis, as these players do get as they get older very quickly. You have a stretch in the ligament. Uh, you just have a, a bruise in there. The needle is good for that. You have a turf toe. We do that. We did that a lot. We inject the turf toe just to mask the pain for the game. But it's not going to help if you have instability. So that's the thing. If he's unstable, no needle is going to help him make right. that ankle or knee or whatever to stable. Now, saying that, the needle is going to mask your pain so you can make it worse mm -hmm. in theory and not realize it, right? That's what and, I'm thinking. Well, it's not like you come to my office, my shoulder hurts, I'm going to give you an injection, you're going to feel better, you can do some therapy. This is, I'm going to give you an injection and you're going to go hit someone 300 pounds at you know, 50 miles right. an hour. So there, there's a difference. Yeah, because you're going to put, uh, I go to Dr. Bari's office, I leave, I don't do anything to that shoulder. You have time for it to begin to heal and mend and all that stuff. Whereas this other one says, go get in that car crash right. again, exactly. <laughs> which is which yeah. is a little crazy. Uh, same thing when it comes to concussion. Nick Bosa, a week ago, went into concussion protocol, passed all of his tests, was able to go play. Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, in concussion protocol. And I know that's not your field of expertise, but still, we're playing with the brain. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I don't know how I should phrase this. Amazingly, they have the ability to come out of concussion protocol when the stakes are higher, which is in the playoffs versus <laughs> the regular season. Well, you know, in theory, it should be the same rule for everybody for concussion protocol, yeah. no matter what time of the year it is. And <clears throat> I'd like to think that the NFL teams are pretty good on it because of all the highlights, the spotlight that has been on it. Mm -hmm. And not just the teams, but the NFL doctors. You know, back then, they just go and whatever. But knowing what we know now, and we've seen a couple lawsuits in the past where these players, past players are suing a team or whatever because they let them in too early. Right. And I think the doctors are aware of that because it's the brain. So I don't think that any doctors are taking shortcuts when, when it comes to concussion protocol. Maybe when it comes to a limb injury. Yeah. I don't think there's any, any shortcuts being taken for concussion protocol, though. Because I really don't even want to put it on the doctors. You know what the story is? This is the, the old uh, legend has it type of deal where a player has – probably been guided by a veteran. Like, this is a rookie that's coming into the league. Veteran says, let me just tell you something. Whenever you have to do your baseline concussion yeah, test... lower it. Yeah, act like a dummy. That's true. I mean, we hear, we've hear we heard that. I've heard that numerous times. Because mm -hmm. you got to take a test. Right. And it's based on the first test you take. So if you skew that one, yeah. I mean, you know... Just Now, there's other parts of a concussion protocol. Not just a test. Yeah. The test is one aspect of okay. it. Okay, okay. But... Yes, you're right. There are people who say that some people will lower that test. Mm -hmm. Now, I think, I think though, knowing what we know, a lot of these NFL players are worried about brain injury in the future. And I think if they are truly worried about their own body, they will not skew the test because they're really only hurting themselves exactly. for the future. You know, it's, it's only going to affect them. So I think a lot of players understand that. Are there some players who will just skew it anyways? Absolutely. Yeah. Are there some players who say, listen, this is my brain. I'd rather not play for two weeks than go crazy. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, and, and but and, you, you you've heard the conversation before. A player would rather they want to play so bad that they would rather sustain a concussion than a leg yeah, injury yeah. that's going to keep them out for a long period right. of time. Right. All right. I got a listener question, so let's get to this because we've got a couple of other things we want to get to. <clears throat> Six four one ten ten. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We always want to hear from you. You can also email breakingboneshow at gmail .com. Uh, if you've got that question about, should I go ahead and look at knee replacement? Should I look at hip replacement? Are there other alternatives? You can do all that uh, and ask Dr. Barry the question. Uh, Suzanne, 
I blame this on my New Year's resolution. Now, we all are familiar with those, right? Uh-huh. Um, back in the gym, trying to get rid of my flabby arms, and now the outside of my right elbow is on fire. What can I do? So <clears throat> this sounds like lateral epicondylitis, otherwise known as tennis elbow. Okay. You don't have to play tennis to get it. It's just the term that we use. Right. Tennis players get it from their backhand, right? That's that's that the arm the muscles that do it. Okay. Anyway, so that's that that's that motion that you're describing, right? right that's there. why I call it tennis elbow. Uh-huh. Now tennis a lot of upcondylitis, the extensor. So if you take your wrist out and you lift your wrist up, mm-hmm. all those muscles attached to the outside of that wrist. People have pain. They get pain when they turn a doorknob, a key, open a door, lift their wrist. They start complaining of pain, burning, pain, weakness. It's very difficult sometimes to to, to get rid of. The first treatment is anti-inflammatories. We could do cortisol shots in the office. You can't. You don't want to do too many because it can degrade the tendon. But one or two is fine. You can get that that tennis elbow strap that you see people that put a strap mm-hmm. on the forearm. Now, I learned something in residency from a hand surgeon that I thought was very good, and I think I think works more. And that's why I tell my patients, actually get a wrist brace, like the old school wrist brace that velcros on and off. Okay. I think that works way more than a tennis elbow strap. Really? Because what it does, you put it on. And you don't move your wrist anymore. So if you don't you move your wrist, those muscles are not firing. So you completely rest that tendon. Okay. And I do that to my patients all the time. I think it works way more than a tennis elbow brace. Now what I tell patients is wear that wrist brace for two weeks. You don't want to wear it for longer. You don't want to stiffen up that wrist. Mm-hmm. But wear it for two weeks. Completely shut down the, that muscle group. Mm-hmm. You, I, I do want you to take it off to move that wrist during the day just so it doesn't get stiff. But overall, I want you to put it on. Right. Don't put extra strain on right. it. Right. Shut it down, and then I have them come back and see me two weeks. See how they're doing. Physical therapy is great for it. We could do PRP. I've had probably seventy percent, seventy percent overall. Um, I'd say success rate with PRP. Mm-hmm. At the end, if people are still struggling with all that stuff, we get MRI. If they have a partial tear, we do a surgery, and the surgery basically causes bleeding. And we, we always say in surgery, bleeding is healing, right? And it kind of heals that tissue. Now, when you say wrist brace, is that that one that you see where they're uh, it's covering some of the hand too. It covers the hand. Okay. Le- leave the thumb open. There's right. two types. One that includes a thumb. One that doesn't. Don't include your thumb. You don't need your thumb included in this. Right. Just that regular. You might hear people say called the carpal tunnel wrist brace. Yeah. Just that old school one with the metal bar on the side where you velcro on and off that you buy at CVS or Walgreens or Walmart or wherever. Mm-hmm. It's like fifteen twenty bucks. And that's the kind of wrist brace that you want to wear. All right. I just thought of two things at the same time. And I, you know how I impress myself. I just mind blown yeah, right now. Right. I have the emoji right now. <laughs> mind blown. blown. Because I was thinking of my brother-in-law, uh, my uh, wife's family, all Italians, maybe been tied to the mafia. I don't know. But uh, from Jersey. And they came down and they opened up four different pizza restaurants. Anyway, whenever he would do the pizza ovens from time to time, he'd have to put that wrist brace on. And I'm guessing that's tennis elbow, right? Yeah. I mean, you can wear now wrist brace, you can wear for the wrist, right? Yeah. Obviously. And then also for the elbow. So if yeah. you're ha- having elbow pain and he put that wrist brace on, he realized that, hey, if I don't lose my wrist. Exactly. Because they're, they're, they're constantly fishing in the, in the oven and pulling pizza Joe. out. And then that made me think of your pizza oven. Joe. Mind blown. So I sent Joe. Probably the best picture he's ever gotten in his life. It was awesome. I I have an uni, it's O-O-O-O-O-N-I pizza oven. Right. And I have the cheapest model you can get. I mean, this thing's okay. going to like $1,000. Mine's El Cheapo, right? I'm not, I don't have radio money like Joe. <laughs> so it's wood pellet fired. I bought it in August. I just opened the box. Really? Last weekend, Joe. Okay. So you I like in my to know garage. that like I like the fact that you had it sitting there for a while and yeah. you actually had to take on the project to right. get it back on your beautiful back patio. And I want to say that pizza 
is amazing. It, look, you it was one of those classic margarita pizzas it's with the basil and, and that uh, like big chunks of mozzarella. It was forty degrees outside when I was making my pizza, Joe, <gasps> and I ha- and I bought the laser heater finder thing. Mm-hmm. It got up to 900 degrees in 20 minutes. That's crazy. While now, it was 40 degrees outside. My son told me after he ate the pizza, he couldn't feel his face. It was so good. <laughs> but <laughs> I destroyed awesome. my first pizza was completely black and, and, fi- and crisp on one side and completely raw on the other. It took me four pizzas <laughs> to learn how to take it out and spin it. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, and it takes... It cooked a pizza in 90 seconds. I was going to say, it goes fast. 90 seconds. So you 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 easily can screw it up really fast if you're not oh. careful. Now, um, I had flour all over me. That's awesome. Yeah. Electric? Wood pellet. Okay, wood pellet. Mm-hmm. And get so, that smoky flavor. Too. And it just it's fed from the side with yeah, the wood so pellets? Yeah, so you put in the wood pellet, and then after that, there's a chute. You just dump, dump the wood pellets down in the chute. Right. And it keeps the flames rolling. You got to get a rolling flame. And now that I'm an expert, I know yeah. all the lingo. Oh, yeah. I, I went online and I've been obsessed. And then my wife thinks I'm crazy because I'm looking at pizzas. And the thing is, people cook other things in it. They cook their steaks because it gets oh, to 900 yeah. degrees. Yeah, you and I are going to open gets up hotter. our own little pizza shop. Oh, we're going to. Joe, this thing was a fourth of the price of the brand new barbecue I got. Uh-huh. And it gets hotter than my barbecue. Really, I'm so I was so upset at my barbecue, but so happy about my pizza oven at the same time. <laughs> so that does mean that you can actually put anything else in there. A can, steak, they, they sell chicken. they sell hot iron they sell uh, skillets made for it that you could put whatever and put it in the in the oven. And All there's right. people online who do it because 900 degrees of nice wood smoky flavor, you're cooking it pretty fast. Yeah, I do love that, man. Because I I want to write a cookbook. It's burnt, but it's good <laughs> because I like everything. <laughs> kind of burnt and i don't know whether it's the way my wife cooks i don't know but i've always gotten used to stuff that's burnt and i like it do you like pittsburgh style steaks yes i like spicy yes exactly burn the top yes but it's still raw you know medium yeah i love that i love that all right that's awesome and we still may be looking at the idea of uh of franchising this bad boy out Um, i'm just gonna open a a little uh what's it called the ones that you drive around? Oh, yeah, like a, a little uh, pizza, uh, a food truck. I'm getting a food truck, and I'm going to put the sucker in it, and I'm going to start selling pizzas. I have come up with all these food truck ideas. Like one of the pizza restaurants, they ended up like not selling pizzas anymore, but it was called the Cheese Wheel. It was a sa- sandwich board, basically, was what it was. And so I want to open up the food truck called Cheese Wheels. You see where I'm going, Doc? I, yeah. And I know you got some good stuff as far as <laughs> the names of your stuff, too, which we can't give away. That's a whole whiskey uh, project that we're involved in. All right, let's get back to a couple of other things um, as far as injuries are concerned. Now, uh, Tyron Matthew, we mentioned he was a seven-point – or he's part of a team that's a seven-point favorite. He's got the concussion to worry about. But one of the reasons why the Kansas City Chiefs are seven-point favorites – That's a lot. Oh, my gosh. It's almost I, like a Jaguars uh, game spread. It, it, it's, om- it, it's a little bit of a slap <laughs> to the Cincinnati Bengals. It really is. And I wonder what Joe Burrow, Joe Cool and company are thinking about that. Like uh, They may play the disrespect card, yeah. but the Chiefs can hit you from every different spot on the football field. This past week, we saw Tyreek Hill. The guy's – unbelievable, like a little cheetah out there. He's so fast. So one of the questions has, that's been asked, Doc, is about Tyreek Hill and and just looking at that skill set, because that guy's just unbelievable. Travis Etienne, let's go back to his injury. We're trying uh, to see if he's going to fully recover. The, the but this is, yeah, this is more of a, you know, like a kind of a wish and hope type of question. Do you think assuming he comes back 100% that ETN can be a Hill-type player. That question's from Matt. And 
And we're talking about a guy that can strike quickly from any part on the field. He gets the football in his hands. Secondaries are just looking uh, wide-eyed at him to try and account for him because he can hit you from anywhere. ETN's coming back from a foot injury. How how hard is it going to be for him to get that explosion, that ability to do everything that he that well Jaguar fans are hoping he can do? Yeah, so I mean, Liz Frank is a tough injury, mm-hmm. and, and we've gone we went through a couple players who had Liz Frank. Some did great, some you know never were the same, but it is a tough injury in the foot. And Etienne actually gave a little update a couple weeks ago, and he said that he feels like he's ready to go back to training camp, or he will be ready at training camp. If he recovers 100%, mm-hmm. and goes back to normal, I, I don't see why not. I mean, what, I, I don't. I think he's that type of player that can do that. Right. The question is going to be how well is he going to recover? Now, <clears throat> this is a question that I get asked a lot, doctor. Now that you're going to do surgery on me, am I going to be 100? percent And here, I just I, this is a PSA. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of doctors that are going to tell you I can make you 100. percent Okay, for whatever surgery they're doing. And as much as I'd love to tell all my patients I'm going to make you 100. That's a lie, right? It's no, hard to guarantee that. You cannot guarantee it. And I know a lot of doctors, I, I, I think I used to do it when I first started practice. Then I realized, listen, I can't be doing that because you're going to, you over promise. Yeah. And some will say, well, I'm not 100% doctor. And you said I would be. Mm-hmm. And I realized you can't be doing that because every human body is different. Every injury is different. And if I fix a 50-year-old, that's way different than if I fix a 20-year-old. How sure, they going to do Sure. And so, the job that they do rehabbing. And, and yeah, and what they do in their personal life, like yeah. a construction worker is who lifts his arm all day and I fix his shoulder is different than a guy who works on his computer all day. True. So I've stopped telling people I guarantee you 100% because that is, I mean, it's, in reality, it's not real. Mm-hmm. I cannot guarantee, no doctor is going to guarantee you 100% recovery. And I tell people our goal is to get you back to 100%. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to sit here and promise you that you're going to be 100%. Right. I promise you I'm going to do my best. I'm going to give you the best sets and skills or, or in therapy and re- repaired for you to get there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to sit here and promise you. I could tell you you're going to be better than what you are, right. you know, 99% of the time. Same thing now with Etienne. We want to think they're all going to be 100%. We always see these athletes come back and they're great, but there's no guarantee. No. Right? And he, so that's the thing with these injuries, especially something like a Liz Frank. Because the thing that's the most concerning for Jaguar fans, Liz Frank for the future possibly at running back, an Achilles tendon rupture for the guy currently at yeah. running back. Right. That's two major, major injuries. Huge. And 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 I, I, I don't want to say it's a problem, but you see guys who have injuries like an Achilles tendon repair mm-hmm. and they come back mm-hmm. and they do great uh, within five like, months. Yeah, like Cam Akers. Yeah. Exactly. And so people see that and they go, well, how, he did great. I don't understand why I'm not doing great. But everyone is different. Mm-hmm. Every repair is different. Every tear is different. So – that's just something we got, we got to be aware of, and something that I always try to tell patients to you know keep in the back of their mind. All right, I want to get up on my soapbox real quick before we're done. Yeah. Uh, if you have questions uh, that we missed today, we'll try and get them next week. Six four one ten ten. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures and let us know uh, some of the thoughts that you've got uh, personally as far as either sports injury questions for yourself, your family member, whatever it might be. Uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Big, big poppy. Yep. The only guy that gets elected by the baseball writers of America, America, uh, to the Hall of Fame. And I tell you what, I'm disgusted by the whole thing, and it's been a big topic this 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 entire week. A, baseball can't get their act together. They don't even know if they're going to 
start the season on time. We're looking at basically a lockout right now. It's just it's nonsense what's going on. Well, anyway, Sammy Sosa, Kurt Schilling, and the two big names, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, they've all been on the ballot for a decade. This is their last chance at getting into the Hall of Fame with the Baseball Writers of America. After that, they have to go to the Veterans Committee, and they have to lay out for a little bit. None of them got in, and Big Poppy got in. Now, to me, this is an absolute slap in the face to our intelligence as sports fans. We watch the game. If we're passionate about that particular sport, we're paying attention to a lot. I think we all know there were steroids in baseball, okay? And they all said, oh, it's taboo, it's taboo, we can't say that, we got to clean up our game. Well, I'm just going to remind everybody out there, and really, we need to remind the baseball writers. I'm sure everybody out there is probably nodding their head, yes, like, we need to go after them. Baseball was broken. It was losing its fan base. They were doing whatever they possibly could to create excitement. Chicks dig the long ball. I don't know if you guys if you guys remember that campaign back in the day. Yeah, they wanted baseballs leaving the park. Okay, right. they didn't want one nothing. They wanted nine seven. They wanted to see some fireworks. And after the strike, ultimately killed the World Series in the mid nineties. They come back in the late nineties, and here comes Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa treating us to one of the greatest home run chases. Yeah. I remember. Me and my dad were watching. My dad didn't watch baseball, but he yeah. was going to watch it just because home runs were happening. Exactly. Yahtzee. Yahtzee to that. That's the answer right there. He was drawn to the game and probably wanted you to pay attention to the game, too, as a young lad. And back then, Mark McGuire and them saved baseball. Agree. And then, lo and behold, to, uh, uh, 2002, 2003, they want to start policing baseball, and they want to clean up the game and yeah. get steroids After out of After they there. used them for what exactly. they needed it for. And they knew it was happening. And they turn their, you know, turn their exactly. head. Exactly. And I agree with you, man. I mean, I mean baseball. It's, it's it's a shame. They went, don't ask, don't tell. Is what yeah. they did. They went, they went military on us. Don't ask, don't tell. But then and, they went back and said, oh, by the way, yeah, you were doing that. Well, I knew you were doing it, but yeah. I'm going to get you in trouble now. And then Kurt Schilling, they don't want to vote him in because he has strong political views. Has nothing to do with his career. Yeah. His career rivals some of the great pitchers of all time. His personality is what's getting him not Exactly, in. which is ridiculous in and of itself. All right, there's my soapbox. Right. I, mean, I agree with you 100%, man. Yeah. Everything you said, I agree 100%. I think it's a shame what baseball, what they did. and But it's, it's almost like the Grammys. It's all political and the Oscars. Yeah. You know, who knows who wins for what reason. But, right. you know. Well, and I love Big Poppy, by the way. I, I love that guy. I'm happy for Yeah, yeah you're arguing for the other guys. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on. Give me a break. All right, we are out. Uh, we hope you guys have a good championship Sunday. Enjoy yourself. Don't forget, where do they find the podcast? Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. You can go to 1010XL.com as well. Check it out. Breaking Bones. Joe C., I'll talk to you on XL Primetime. And my man, Dr. Bari, check out bariorthopedics.com. If you need help, he's the man, the only one fellowship trained under Dr. James Andrews here in North Florida. You've been listening to Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. on 1010XL.